Ta-da. <laughs> We're on nine, episode 99, Heather. What? So I was jazz handsing over here. What did you say? I, I minimized you, so I didn't see it. <laughs> you have to keep it maximized. You're the one who's monitoring the video to make sure that that's I'm bring, cool. I'm like bringing up my notes. How are you supposed to interrupt me mid-monologue and tell me that my video is glitching out if you don't have me maximized? Okay, I'm 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 on it now. I see you. I see you. There we go. Well, I'm done jazz handsing now. If you would like to see how annoyed Stephanie is right now, you can go to our Patreon. <laughs> Five bucks a month. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying while I was jazz handsing? What was I? I don't remember. I'm a dumb bitch. You were saying, God, now you have to make me admit that I actually listen to you and I pretend I'm not listening to you. You were saying that we are on our 99th episode. We're on our 99th episode. 99. 99? Like I'm freaking out about 99. this. Yeah, yeah. Well, that means the next episode is our hundredth, and Woo. look, a lot of no, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people have been, and by a lot, I mean like I don't know, a half a dozen, but that seems like a lot to me. Uh, have been hitting us up on socials, being like, "Are you going to do anything special for your hundredth episode? What about like a Q and A? Do you want like a like where listeners can ask questions and you guys can answer them and stuff? And like that sounds cool and all, but that's also like I don't, I'm lazy, and <laughs> and also. Our 100th episode coincides with episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm not sure how we top the appearance of Darth Vader. So. I, and, and, and quite frankly, my favorite appearance of Darth Vader and scariest. Yeah, no, he's, he's a fucking horror show. Yeah. They're, they like watched the end of Rogue One and went, we could do better. Let's make a whole movie. Let's make a whole episode about that. Yeah, we could do better. (laughs) Let's, let's make a full episode about that's just the hallway scene from Rogue One, but we need more innocent bystander victims. Like what? And also fire, you know? So I feel like that I feel like that's special enough for the episode. That's just me though. I love that. And and also I'm lazy. So we have to address the elephant in the room. Is the elephant in the room? I have a a, a pit bull in the room. <laughs> He's asleep right now. Oh, we love him. He's very sweet. Um, yeah. So, Tell me about this elephant. What is it? Yes. So my boys have returned. The Bad Batch is out. Yes. Clone Force 99 is back, which you pointed out to me because we have the 99th episode. Yeah, yeah. It's Clone so, Force 99. So, uh-huh. uh, so spoiler, if you haven't seen Bad Batch, you may want to skip two minutes, but we do have to revise our headcanon. It's true. It's true. Department of Corrections. Please proceed. So apparently... My my conclusion, my you know sound logical conclusion and humble conclusion, is that uh-huh. Dave Filoni listens to our show. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a narcissist, um, and um, I think he heard all the Count Dooku spreadsheet jokes, <laughs> and was like, "Oh yeah, this bougie motherfucker had." All the money in the galaxy. Yeah. What? He was skimming. The reason there was never enough money and he was constantly bitching about how much stuff cost is because he was skimming. And not even skimming. Like, he was decapitating the budget for the separatists. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny because he got decapitated. (laughs) Get it? Get it? So, um, it, it was so funny because on Wednesday, I got so many pains on Instagram, Twitter, Discord... From different people going, have you seen it yet? 
Have you seen it yet? Oh my god! Oh my god! Because everybody was like w- waiting for my reaction on the particular location <clears throat> the uh, my boys go to, mm-hmm. and uh, I just wanted to thank everybody and say thank you for thinking of me. I'm glad that when people think of sex toys, <laughs> they'll let me know or they'll reach out to me, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I really. I, that was. Look, imposter syndrome tells me nobody actually listens, and all of the numbers on in our like our Discord server and our patrons and everything is all a lie, um, which is a lie in and of itself. Thank you, my brain. You're very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we get moments like random people, listeners I've never interacted with, hitting us up, going, "Hey, hey, did you see the episode? Did you see it? Did you see it?" Because they listen and they know they know our running gags. They know they know what we've talked about so many times. It just warms my heart. It's yeah. just really fucking cool. So I love it. So y'all go, y'all keep doing that. You know, it just and know that yes, you're triggering my imposter syndrome, but that's okay. Trigger <laughs> that bitch. She needs it. Uh. Anyway. Um. Real quick before we finally intro the show. Yeah. Um. Just in general, I would like to apologize to our listeners. Um, cedar fever is cedar, cedar fever. Cedar fever. Cedar season is back in full effect. The mommy cedar trees and the daddy cedar trees are special hugging all over the middle of the state of Texas, <laughs> and it is it is the return of the arboreal bukkake party. All over my face, under my eyelids, deep inside my sinuses, the insides of my ears itch. There's so much fucking pollen in the How air that... here. I, wow. I, have, I don't know. I don't know. If you have an orifice, an opening on your body that is regularly exposed to open air during this time of year in this part of Texas, it itches. I wonder so if it's my a rough time for nudists. I'm just saying. What? Nothing. Do we both go? Do we both go to the rectum right we did, now? We did. We did. We did. <laughs> I love us. As I want to do. Um. <laughs> okay. All right. That's. I just want to get that out there. I'm going to try and cut out as much of the sniffling as I can, but like, I'm not going to catch it all. You know, we. Uh, <laughs> you live in one of the worst areas in the world to live in if you have allergies. Yeah. It's just, I remember living back there and just having to be on so much heavy medication all the time just so I can breathe. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved out to California, it was like a complete release, which was gross for a few days, by the way. But when, yeah, when because I Because everything has to like flush. Yeah, everything has to flush out. Uh, but once I got out of that, it was great. I can breathe. Amazing. Um, no, it's just, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Even if you don't have allergies, and I typically don't have allergies. Even if you don't have allergies, you are reacting to this. It's visible in the air. Yeah. Like, you can see it. Oh, I remember. I remember. Uh, it's awful. It's awful. Anyway, um, so, hey, we want to intro a show. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, cool. <clears throat> what show is this? Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And I'm, so- I'm sorry. I'm sorry about all of the sound effects that my allergies are going to be bringing to the show today. I'm going to do my best <laughs> to edit them out. But here we are. You know, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that intro. See, it was clever, right? I mean, it wasn't clever, you're yeah. just talking about your suffering, and that does warm my heart. Hey, hey. that's what I'm here for. 
<coughs> Speaking of allergies, I have them too. Hey, everybody. You were just saying, you were just saying, I'm in California now. I don't have any allergies. Okay. And We'll talk about that after I do my intro. Um, and hey, okay. hey, everybody. I'm Chris. I am that homo. Kind of curious about what sex with that dinosaur bounty hunter would be like sexual. <laughs> Missionary is out. It's not happening. We're, we'll talk about that. Oh, and Stephanie, huh. who's in the gutter now? she's marvelous okay so explain explain your your allergy situation so there's a there's a freaky ass cyclonic thing happening in the pacific ocean that is bringing not how i thought that sentence was gonna end there which is bringing ribbons of stormy rage into california we do not get rain so when Uh uh when it comes to us it is bad and um oh no Thoughts and prayers to everybody in the Bay Area right now. Um, there's a lot of flooding. Unfortunately, there's been loss of life now. And I have a lot of friends that live Damn. up there. So, you know, hang in there. Um, I, I hope all this rain we're getting is worth it for, for drought, from a drought perspective or drought relief perspective, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but goddamn. Uh, I, but the problem with that much rain after being dry for so long is like mudslides. Oh, right? my God. I mean... Mudslides, just you know, destabilization of the ground, you know, foundation Yay. issues. Yay! And of course, our none of our uh, architecture and infrastructure is really built for flooding because it never does. Mm-hmm. So when it does, it's right. really bad. Well, shit. I'm sorry, Heather. Yeah, I'll take my poison air over that. <laughs> Because at least I can take a pill for the poison air. There's no pill that's going to save you from, you know, the ground literally dissolving beneath you. I suddenly had a thought in the head in the part in The Simpsons where uh, that one one guy who's filming that movie is like, the goggles, they do nothing when the radiation river comes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Anyway, we have Uh, so much. Because our brains are a toxic slurry of pop culture references. That's why. God bless The Simpsons. Anyway, we have so (laughs) much to talk about, Heather. Yay, I'm glad that we have spent so much time talking about the environmental hazards of our respective states. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about orifices, which quite frankly, we are going to do that's on brand. a little that's bit more brand. anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, then shall we get into it? Yes. Hey, so what we're doing on this podcast, when we actually get around to doing our job on this podcast, uh, is we are talking about uh, the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order, which means that we started with episode one, The Phantom Menace, and then we went through all of Clone Wars. I just want to celebrate that here on episode 99 of our podcast. We went through all of Clone Wars. Like, that's a fucking achievement. Um, And then, you know, we finished out the prequels era, the Clone Wars era, and now we are striding confidently forward into the Imperial era with Obi-Wan Kenobi, part two. That's awesome. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, um, do you have an intro? I do? do, but I I forgot one thing. This is how. Oh shit! It, uh, we're 99th episode. We're still fucking. I'm still fucking up and doing things out of order. I did want to okay, read. Cool. I did want to read a review really quick. Oh fuck! Yeah, okay, I forgot. Yes. I forgot Go. about that. Sorry, um, I, Steph. I don't know what website you found this review on, nor do I have a username. So I am sorry about that ahead of I time. I sent you a screenshot. Yeah. The name should be at the top. I always make sure the names are on the screenshots. Uh, oh, uh, Samuel. Hey. Uh, they wrote, Finding Friends Through the Force. Uh-huh. Ooh. Hello there. Man, I can't mm. believe how little I cared about podcasts before I found this show. Every episode <laughs> of this podcast is like the nerdy 
Friend catch obsession you always mean to do, but suck at scheduling. I always consider oh. that's a fact right there. Truth. I always consider myself a Star Wars nerd, but this show has both inspired me to learn more and revisit things <clears throat> I totally forgot about in a way that I haven't felt since my dad explained the Legends books canon to my baby nerd brain. That combined <laughs> with that combined with the fact that I have have on more than one occasion had to pull over because of how hard you've made me laugh makes me shocked. Uh-huh. I still have friend who haven't found the show before I recommend it. Five new listeners and counting. I can give you nice. I can give you two no higher praise to say that this year instead of rewatching Phantom Menace, it was the only VCR. It was the only uh, VCR, or I'm assuming VHS tape we had growing up. Or Empire Strikes Back for me the fourth. I instead went back and just re-listened to some of my favorite Dark Side Divas episodes. Oh, I love being a loyal Discord and Patreon follower, and I hope you guys continue on this crazy hyperspace route of a show for a long time to come. Can't wait to spend 2023 refreshing my app. For the newest serving of sass and sci-fi. Sincerely, Super Sam. See, that's I was gonna say that's that's Sam, that's Super Sam. Man. Yeah, he's one of our oldest. They're one of our oldest. oldest. Yeah. yeah, he he he's an OG. Hey, buddy. Uh, thank you so much for that review. That's pretty. I love that. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. Um, w- one more really quick. This one's really short. Uh, Mister mm. uh, VL Fan ninety five say I love this podcast. This podcast oh, is the you. perfect combination of educational and funny. It is perfect to listen to while doing work. I hope you have headphones on. Uh, I love listening to <laughs> Steph and Chris because their hilarious opinions always make my day. Thank you for taking time out of your week to make these episodes. You are welcome. Thank you for listening. Episode 99. Yep. Totally professional and doing everything in the correct order. <laughs> anyway. 99 episodes in. Uh, I mean, at least we're consistent. <laughs> uh, so, Christopher, yes. do you have an intro <clears throat> for this episode? Yes. A princess has been kidnapped. Leia Organa <laughs> is taken to the planet Dayu by a 90s bass player. <laughs> Inquisitor Riva has set a trap for the former Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is about to walk mm. right into it. But will he yep. be the one to feel Riva's wrath? Dun, dun, dun. Ba, 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 okay, so before we get into it, um, last time I had forgotten to write down details about the writers. So Ooh. we're going to go ahead and talk about them right now. Okay. Is it same writers so a, for every episode? or Yes. Well, that's awesome. That's why the show is as cohesive as it is. Same director and writer team for the whole fucking thing. Great. Yeah. Uh, so we have a trio. Um, and the first one is Joby Harold. Uh, he has written for such products. Products? Projects is what I meant to say. Roaring start. We are off to a roaring start. Uh, he's written for Awake, which is a 2007 film starring Hayden Christensen. That happened. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. That's the one with uh, Charlie Hunnam, which I never saw. I don't know her. Uh, Army of the Dead, which is a goddamn delight, and you should watch it. And an upcoming, sure-to-be cinematic classic, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. I like Bumblebee a lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so Look, I, I have if it's hope. Got, if, if there's Optimus Prime, I'm watching yeah. it. Yeah. Because I, I am who I am, and I was born when I was born. Anyway, next on our list of writers, we have Stuart Beatty. Uh, he has written for Collateral, 30 Days of Night, G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, and not one, not two, not three, not four, but all five Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Wow. I know. Uh, and last but not least, we have Hus- Hossein Amini. 
mm-hmm. uh, who has written for uh, such projects as The Wings of the Dove, The Four Feathers, which I really liked, um, Shanghai Drive, Snow White and the Huntsman, 47 Ronin, and The Alienist TV series. There's a, so, a crazy mix of people. Right. Right. Like, this isn't just a bunch of people who all did the same kinds of projects. These guys have lots of experience across a wide range of storytelling. And they bring all that together here. And I think this is a big part of why our story is as good as it is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they've worked on big budget projects, too, which I, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I I have enough friends in the industry uh, to know, like, having that kind of experience of being able to navigate working with a big, big company like Disney is really important. And you, right. You just, you, you cannot be prepared for it unless you've gone through it. And so it's, it's awesome that um, these writers have that experience because the mouse demands all of you. Yeah. I, I feel like the mouse is a very, a very exacting master. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, you keep up or you fall behind and you die. Like that's, those are your <laughs> options. Anyway, so yeah, that's the writing team. Are we ready to get into the episode? My gosh, yes. Okay, so uh, the scene opens with a ship flying in over a cloudy city type planet. This is Dayu. I love Dayu. Would you like to know about Dayu? Yay! <laughs> uh, Dayu is a temper- temperate planet. We don't know where exactly in the galaxy it is because it was created for this show. I love it. So that that connection hasn't really been drawn yet, but I'm sure it will. Uh, it is a heavily industrialized planet, and it's technically under Imperial control, though we learn very quickly, uh, particularly here in Dayu City, where we're landing, um, it's extremely sketchy. Yeah. And and dirty. Like this is not this is not a shining gem in the Empire's crown. Uh, this is more like the sole of the Empire's boot. So. <laughs> it's it's the opposite of Alderaan, right? It's all it's dark. It's yeah, yeah. It's like if Tatooine had more industry. Yeah, it's like if Tatooine had a little more money. You know. Yeah. Uh, because it's still that that level of diversity and that level of um, of scum and villainy. You know what I mean? Yeah, they. Uh, when I was watching the making of uh, the director Deborah Chow was saying that it was really inspired by the streets of Bangkok, Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and I. Yeah. I my favorite uh, sci-fi books that are not you know Dune or Star Wars related. They I always picture cities looking like this, so I'm I'm loving the cyberpunk feel of it, and it's so, yeah, so it cool. felt it felt very Blade Runner to me. Right, right. Which and Blade Runner was super designed after. The streets of Hong Kong. Absolutely. You know, so it's the, it's that whole feel. It's fucking great. Uh, anyway, so the ship lands, uh, apparently at like a, an airport <laughs> and the whole situation is serving airport realness. There's like a departures and arrivals board <laughs> up there in Oribesh. Uh, there is a disgruntled passenger interrogating a, an employee about where this fucking ship is and stuff. It's, I, I love that. That was such a, that was such a moment of like, a fucking real life touchstone in the midst of all these aliens. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Did you have the captions on during that part? Because I, I, uh-huh. I, it was so funny because the guy was like, "Sir, I, I, I cannot control weather on a different planet." And I'm like, "Oh my, exactly. God. Oh my god, <laughs> exactly." But that's that's legit. Like, even in the galaxy far, far away, there are flight delays. Like, can you imagine, like Southwest Airlines, but space? You know? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, did you notice how the platform the ship landed on? It reminded me a lot of the Imperial Walker platforms from Return of the Jedi on the Moon of Endor. Oh. It no, had that quite a cool four-way design cool. theme, multi-tier level. It was cool. Anyway. Nice. Nice. Uh, anyway, so Obi-Wan goes up to the harassed employee and is like, yeah. hey, um, I'm trying to – I was tracking this ship, but I can't seem to – can you help me find them? And the guy's like, dude, this is Dayu. All of, all of the signals in and out are blocked because people like their privacy here. Hmm. Oh. Oops. Okay. <laughs> so how do they get a call? <laughs> Do you have to like buy, you have to like get a transport to take you up into the atmosphere so you can be like, hey, Naboo, well, how are you doing? Well, the thing is, like, certain people are getting calls. Right. Like, certain, they, they are like, fucking Flea and his crew are able to contact Reva. Right. Now, did they do that from orbit? Did they do that from the surface? I don't fucking know. But I think there's probably a, a thriving black market on Dayu for the ability to call off planet. Yep. That's, that's that's probably a whole ecosystem. I wonder if it's a class thing, like only the powerful and rich people can actually call out because they have this. Probably, yeah. Like you have to, if you have enough money, you can. That's a hell of a caste system, like, right there. Communi- the ability yeah. to communicate. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Anyway, so Obi Wan is walking around. He's confused, and he, you know, even as dark as it is, he stands out like a sore thumb in his fucking Tatooine. <laughs> Sand colored. Well, he's still disguised. He's still disguised. It's it is. He's got he's got the hood of disguise on. <laughs> uh, but he he's just he's at wit's end and lost, and he doesn't know where to go. And he just sort of mutters under his breath. If ever I needed guidance, master, it's now. Aww. And then nothing breaks my heart. Absolutely. After this, nothing. Immediately, as though the galaxy is answering his plea for guidance, he hears a voice say, Spare any credits. And he turns to see that is, in fact, a homeless veteran clone in bits of 501st Legion armor. Why? Using his clone helmet to panhandle why, for spare Why change. are you doing this to me, Star Wars? Because homeless veterans are a real thing. I know. Like, it just is. No. Especially someone whose brain was, like, fucking tampered with. Like, this guy's got, he's got so much to deal with. And it was, thank you, Tamara Morrison, for your very brief but very poignant performance uh, of this character. As he looks up at Obi-Wan and says, help a veteran get a warm meal. You can just see his exhaustion. He's a little drunk, maybe. Like, something's up with this guy. There, um, so I, I... I remembered that Celebration showed the first two episodes of Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan. So I found a YouTube video where it was measuring uh, crowd reactions to different moments of the first two episodes. Uh And the one that got the most gasps and oohs and Mm -hmm. oh my goshes was the scene. Um, Yeah. Fuck you, Star Wars. Why would you break my heart? The first time I saw this, I uh, teared up. I was not ready. Right. No, that was a fucking ambush. That was an ambush straight at the heart of all the Clone Wars kids. Uh, because we don't want to think about this. We don't want to think about clones that are forgotten. We don't really don't want to think about the fate of clones after Order 66. Um, of course, there's a whole show right now that's exploring that. And when it's done, we'll talk about it on this show. Um, but yeah, no, this is heartbreaking. And Obi-Wan is confronted by a clone trooper. Reminder, Order 66 was conducted by... The clone trooper, specifically 501st, so uh-huh. it's possible this guy was at the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But He was either at the Jedi Temple or he was on Mandalore. Yeah. That's where the 501st was. Yeah. 
So, but Obi-Wan's still a Jedi at heart. He's still going to give him some money. So there you go. Well, and that's interesting because up to this point, Obi-Wan hasn't helped anybody. Right. But he's now that he's decided to go and fetch Leia, as grumpy as he is about it, <laughs> now small acts of kindness are back on his option tree of actions. Interesting. Because remember last episode, the dude who got fucking sucker punched by the foreman, Obi-Wan didn't do anything about that. Yeah. And that's somebody that he works with. But now here, and maybe it's because of the relative anonymity of being on a planet where he doesn't live. Um, but now here he's able to very small kindness to this veteran. And you can see like Obi-Wan's processing everything about seeing this guy, right? Like he's like, oh shit. And there's a half a second on his face where he's like, is he going to recognize me? Right. Because that is a soldier from the 501st. It's entirely possible that he worked with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. During the Clone Wars. But this guy, it's been 10 years. Like, there's no context for seeing a Jedi right here, right now. Obi-Wan looks like hell. Um, and also, the veteran looks like he's a little out of it anyway. So, no, he's not recognized in that moment. <sighs> and I really feel like the timing of this, this scene happening right after he asked the Force for guidance, is not a mistake. Oh, absolutely not. This is, yeah. This is 100% deliberate. This is deliberate in the storytelling and deliberate by the Force. This clone is another reminder to Obi-Wan of the past that he can't change. And it's pushing him towards a future where he can help people. Wow. He can help Leia and he can actually do something about things. So I think that was a really poignant moment. I may be lo- reading too much into it, but that's what it said to me. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking a path i'm gonna follow i'm gonna follow it all i'm the following way that path yeah i'm following Absolutely. it all the way anyway he's so shook by the appearance of this veteran uh clone trooper that he turns around and damn near runs right into some stormtroopers right oh they're here good job jedi yeah right <laughs> uh who else has he run into um i don't know who's playing her but a street a street kid you don't know who that is no is that his okay. da- that's his daughter, isn't it? That's his daughter. <laughs> that is that is the character is Tessa Grigg and being played by Esther McGregor. That's Ewan McGregor's daughter. Wow. Um yeah. and she's, she's a drug got a dealer. Handful of, <laughs> yes. Uh Esther McGregor has a handful of credits. She is clearly just getting her her uh career started and is not gonna nepo baby it. She's working. So that's great. Anyway, yes, she's a drug dealer. Go. Yeah, so she goes up to him. She's like, hey, man, you want some spice? I got Karelian spice. Like, she <laughs> names all these different kinds of spices. And I was like, I ne- it never occurred to me that there would be, like, flavors and varieties of that shit. But of yeah. course there would be. Of course there would be. Of course there would be. There's there's nine million different varieties of cannabis. Of course there's going to be different varieties of spice. Yeah, so Obi-Wan, uh, uh, just a quick reminder, last time Obi-Wan, at least last time on camera, Obi-Wan was offered drugs. He mind-tricked them and told them to rethink their life. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this time he doesn't do that. Instead, he, uh, you know, he asks about, he's looking for his daughter. She was uh-huh. taken here. And she's like, oh, she, you're not going to find her. She ain't leaving. No one leaves Dayu. And she, she says, I was someone's daughter once too. And oh, thanks for breaking my heart huh. more, Star Wars. Thanks, thanks. God damn. Cool. Cool, 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 um, cool. But uh, yeah, so uh, she instead offers him a free sample because it's one of those like uh, drug dealer methods where it's like, once you get <laughs> yeah, addicted, you'll come free. back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and then she walks away, and then there's a little kid that comes up to Obi-Wan's like, oh, you need help? <laughs> yeah, I, I mentally labeled him as the artful dodger of Dayu. Like, he's that, that scruffy street ruffian, streetwise kid thing. He's the artful dodger. He's Gavrosh. He's that guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the kid says, there's a Jedi that can help you. Obi-Wan's like, girl, what? <laughs> the Jedi are extinct. How could there be a Jedi? Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> the kid offers to take him to the Jedi for the right price. And then we cut to the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we see a a handsome specimen of a man oh, in jedi robes god escorting god girl god <laughs> escorting a, a a woman and small boy into a room you see him gesture at some shutters around the room and they close seemingly of their own accord le gasp is he using the force possibly he sits down at the table he holds out his hand to a comms device that's on the table and it into his hand he is using the force and then <laughs> and then he gets on the radio he's like i'm reassuring you now lady and and boy uh i'm gonna get you safe he gets on the radio and he calls and he says this is a jedi mind trick do not be alarmed i'm inside your mind and it looks like he's thinking really hard <laughs> so hard i legit fucking died at the look on obi-wan's face he's watching this he's in the shadows and he's watching all this go down and he's like what the fuck the fuck is this he has never he's obi-wan kenobi's seen a lot of shit in this galaxy he's never seen this shit yeah no like what the fuck is this yeah i but it got me thinking like obviously this guy is not a real jedi but like yeah it got me thinking what a stupid thing to pretend to be Right, like, like that is a really risky grift. Yeah, with stormtroopers because, walking around and shit like that. Yeah, uh. like you. But that's a thing that from. I mean, this is well outside of my nerd wheelhouse, but apparently that happens in the comics yeah. from time to time. And I kind of feel like, yeah, and that's true. I was going to actually bring that up. It did. It did happen a few times in comics as well as in some books, and um. I can't help but think that Palpatine enjoys the mockery of it all. Like, people right. pretending to be Jedi to exploit people. It's like, it further sullies the uh, the reputation of the Jedi, even Ooh, after they're yeah. gone. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. good point. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about this, this Jedi real quick, who's mm -hmm. putting on quite the show for these people. Uh, his name is Haja Estri, and he is a human male. He's, he's very attractive. He's very human attractive male. human male, and he is played by Kumail Nanjiani. Mm -hmm. Girl, when I say this man works, he works. He's the Indian comedic that guy. Yeah, he's everywhere. Some uh, some sort of comedic entities with whom he has collaborated in his time: um, Garfunkel and Oates, Key and Peele, Inside Amy Schumer, Portlandia, Saturday Night Live, and apparently he has a credit on his resume on WrestleMania 35, appearing as himself. Yep. Yep. Okay. As far as acting, uh, he's done TV stuff and voice stuff. He was in Veep. Uh, he's in Archer, Community, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Bob's Burgers, and on Adventure Time, he is the voice of Prismo. <laughs> can love it. Most recently, uh, he is uh, he's in the MCU, so I don't know what he needs to do to lock down a trifecta. He's now in Star Wars and the MCU. Um, but he's in the MCU. He is Kingo of the Eternals. Mm -hmm. 
And his most recent project is the series Welcome to Chippendales. Yeah, I'm going to watch that soon. So a couple <laughs> a couple years ago, uh, I was having a bad day. I oh. was stuck in an airport. I hadn't slept. I was really annoyed. I was done with the world. And I walked by a bookstore. Uh-huh. And I saw the magazine rack. And I saw... Oh, no. Was it the men's health with him on the cover? I saw the men's health with him on the cover. Oh, and my God. it's the only time I ever bought a men's health. But, Heather, <laughs> let me just say that brightened my day. That's therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, congratulations. Um, what I love about Kamil Nanjiani uh, is he's a nerd. He's oh, such just a, big a funny nerd. nerd. And he beefed up so he could be Kingo. Yeah. So he could join the MCU. He got into superhero shape. Um, and he's just, he was really, really open on social media about the hell that that was. Yeah. Um, but he wears it well, really well. You know, you don't have to, it, he was super cute before. Like, I yeah. love nerdy, yeah. funny guys so much. Right? And, mm. Just the hottest fucking thing. Mm. Mm. Oh my god! Uh, and then and then he uh, he but, he hit the gym real hard and just really impressive all around. Good job, sir. Good job. Good job. Also, he has great hair, and he needs all of those things because it, to balance out his voice, which is not that great. I like his voice. I find it very nasal. It it opposite of appeals to my voice fetish, but that's just me. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't know what it's like to be nasally. See, that's it. You just identify with him. That's all. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the other two people in How do you edit the show then if you can't stand? I can't stand the sound of your voice. Mister, I can't stand the sound of your voice. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what that's from. Again, our brains are just slurries of pop culture references. Also Simpsons. Point. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> anyway, so the the lady and the boy in this scene. Um, so the, the mom, that is uh, Nietzsche Horn. Uh, is her character name. She's played by uh, Marise Alvarez, mm. who's a Puerto Rican actress. Uh, the majority of her credits are in Spanish. She's fucking great. But here's here's the thing. She has one line. I'm not going to get into it. But here's the thing about these characters. Uh, that's Nietzsche Horn, which means that her son there is Corin Horn, who apparently, because this rabbit hole on Wikipedia sucked me in. I had no choice. Corin Horn is a comics character who will grow up to join the new Jedi Order and train under Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. What? Yeah, so as, as not Kingo, that's not his name, Haja. <laughs> I was going to call him Kingo. Anyway, as Haja goes, goes through this whole scene where he's arranging through quote-unquote Jedi mind trick for this mother and son to have transport, he mentions that this, the child's abilities put him at risk, and so they need to safely smuggle him off the planet. He's, he's force he's sensitive. sensitive. He will grow up to be a Jedi. Yeah, that's awesome. So good job, Haja. You rescued a future Jedi. I love who that. Who will someday be slaughtered by Kylo Ren. Yay. What? Well, no, Yay. he retires, right? He retires, lives a happy, um, wonderful. You're so cute. Yeah. Um, my, my, favorite, my favorite part of this scene was when the woman was like, the force is so strong with you. And Haja's like, yes, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And then, and then he just like there's an awkward silence, and he kind of gestures with his hand, and she's like, "Oh, right!" And she pulls out money, and she hands it over. He's like, "Oh, you didn't have to." Like he's so fucking Kumail Nanjiani is effortless, effortlessly hilarious. I fucking love it. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. Uh, anyway, yeah, Obi Wan's watching this whole thing, so mother and son leave, and Obi Wan uh, approaches out of the darkness and surprises him, and he's like, "Hey, I heard there's a Jedi." 
who's helping people. And I need help finding a little girl. And you can see the moment where Haja puts the con back on. Yeah. Because he was out of character for a minute. Yeah, because he was like, I'm, I'm taking a break, Phil, you know. Right. Like, <laughs> take it five. Uh, but he puts the act back on and he's like, yes, I, I am Haja Estri, Jedi. Like, very dramatic. Uh, and he's like, I could help you, but the life of a Jedi is very difficult. The shadows, blah, 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 blah. Like, he waxes melodrama about how he needs to charge an exorbitant sum for this assistance. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, my. Because he quotes him 500 credits to find the kid, 300 more to take you to her. Wow. Wow. And if you want to pay him an extra 200, he'll show you some Jedi tricks while he's at it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Oh, my God. This is quite the racket you've got going here. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, those shadows must be really difficult to live in, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Which here, it's a more the emergence of some of that classic Obi-Wan. There is that snide comment. Right. I feel like he's waking up. Yeah. He's coming back to himself. It's a good thing. Just a little bit at a time. Anyway, uh, Haja's like, do you know the ways of other force? And Obi-Wan pulls a blaster and points it at his chest. <laughs> I'm and done. He's like, that's, yeah, he's like, that's not the force. That's remotes and magnets. Yeah. Uh, he saw straight through it. Yeah, Obi-Wan uh, scolds him for taking advantage of people and that he's a bottom feeder, a uh-huh. rat, all this shit. Uh-huh. But then he goes, But in my experience, rats know more about the sewers than anyone else. So judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. This is this is Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> He's here to judge you. That's what he does. Yeah, that's his whole, that's, that's his whole gimmick. But I, yeah. I forgive him in this case. Well, yeah, because he's fucking grumpy. He's out of his enclosure, uh, and he's he's got to rescue a little girl. And every second that ticks by where he doesn't rescue her is another second that she's at risk. So fine, you go ahead. You go be go ahead and be a dick. And he's like at gunpoint demanding that Haja help him and Haja immediately agrees to help. Uh, yeah, because there's a gunpoint like, at so, him. <laughs> right, there's a gun and also Haja's not a bad dude. He's gonna help a kid. Yeah. It's just the gun is just making that help free yeah. of charge is what that's doing. <laughs> but like Obi-Wan's like surprised uh, that he, he would help him and so quickly and so easily. Like, yeah, dude, there's still good people. Mm-hmm. I promise there are still good people. Like we are slowly, bit by bit, morsel by morsel, sort of breadcrumbs trail leading Obi Wan back to the idea that there is still good in the galaxy. Oh, I hope, know. Hope returning just, to the galaxy. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna. That's gonna be balanced out really well this episode, though. Uh, I by know. A, by a whole mess of despair, we'll get to. <laughs> so where where does Haja? Tell Obi-Wan he should look. Apparently, it's just, I I couldn't confirm this for sure, but this so this is kind of my headcanon, but it's definitely a chemical manufacturing drug den type of place. I think they're making it's spice. It's a meth lab. I think they're making spice. You don't have to think that. You can see bowls of spice. Yeah, yeah. In the in the lab that he gets into. Yeah, it's a meth lab. This is also, though, when, when Obi-Wan is sneaking into this place and you see all these different people. This is where I really realized, holy shit, there are more aliens in mm-hmm. in this one episode than in any Star Wars I've seen before. Right. Like this this beats Mos Eisley. You know, oh, the, the, beyond. The tavern or whatever. Saloon? Bar. Whatever. Cantina. Uh, cantina. There's the word. I, look, I was I was on the right page of the, the, the you, you story. Were, you so were. I almost you got were. there. <laughs> 
Yeah, I haven't seen such dynamic character creation since uh, the Star Wars holiday uh, special. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch <laughs> of people with big heads. Um, but no, it's really cool. And so, uh, an alien, which the subtitles identified, and I didn't write it down, steps out through a door because Obi-Wan's like, fucking how am I supposed to get in here? Steps out and the guy is wearing what I immediately identified as breaking bad gear. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a poncho, goggles, a breather, and he's on the phone, and Obi-Wan goes to follow him down an ally. He straight up fucking mugged that guy off camera. Yeah. Because the next time we see Obi-Wan, he's wearing his gear. Ooh. And now he has activated Poncho of Disguise. <laughs> Classic Star Wars Poncho of Disguise. Love it. Plus 10 to Disguise. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, so he's in a meth lab, then what? Um, Obi-Wan needs to get further into the uh, complex, and so he decides he's going to create a diversion, uh-huh. and he causes a beaker to explode. Thankfully, <laughs> this isn't a real meth lab, because if a beaker explodes in an actual meth lab, it takes out a whole building. Everybody's dead. Yeah. So let and, me tell you and a, the neighborhood needs to be evacuated. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, story time. Um, I used to live in a really shitty apartment. story time. I know. I used to live in a really shitty apartment complex uh, in the town I went to college in. You went to college there, too. Uh, yeah. And I'm sitting there. I'm playing video games um, and talk, talking with some friends. And I smell what can, <laughs> I can only describe as a very, like, burnt rubber, tar, burnt plastic smell. It, danger, danger, danger. And danger. I, I ran all over my apartment because I was thinking, did I leave the oven on? Is there like an mm-hmm. appliance in the bathroom that's left on? And I went upstairs because it was a weird two-story apartment. Right. I went upstairs and I had a little balcony and I and I noticed there was smoke coming out of the building to my right. Mm-hmm. It was black, like thick black smoke. And I was going, oh, Ugh. no. And then I saw the entire front wall of this building pop off. Oh, my God. Massive pieces of stone launch into the air and smash into a bunch of cars. Holy shit. I can't believe I never told you this story before. Right. Um, what? I- including my, uh, our former roommate's uh, car getting smashed oh, in the yeah, process. Fuck him. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it, it I have- didn't hit his porn collection. He's fine. <laughs> so I have seen what happens when a meth lab explodes because that's where what was that in that apartment? A fucking meth Did lab. Did you have to flee the area because it releases yeah, ridiculous we, chemicals? We got the, the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. The whole apartment complex had to evacuate. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, you can't just uh, uh, wash water all over it. You have to let some of it burn. And so- yeah. And the smell just did not go away for weeks. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. It's fucking awful. Uh, so Spice apparently is uh, a bit less volatile than that. Yeah, but thank God. Just volatile enough for Obi-Wan to set off a diversion and pickpocket the sort of the overseer of the meth lab. Um, did you notice uh, what species he was? No. Uh, this species doesn't actually have a name, um, but he's got like the big, like a tunnel for a face, <laughs> like a big, uh, just an enormous snoot. Uh, and he is of the same species. It is an as yet unnamed species as a character. The character has a name. His species doesn't. A character named Snook Ukorfe. He's one of the gamblers in Canto Bite in The Last Jedi. I love that. So we're just, we're using, and look, the behind the scenes, uh, Thing of a video, uh, the the Return of a Jedi thing that's mm-hmm. up on uh, Disney Plus, ten out of ten, do recommend. You can see the creature shop where they made all of these aliens. Oh, it looks like, like so much fun to be there. 
Right? Like you're just walking through the room and there's just alien heads on the tables and they're all set up with like with the the puppetry gear and everything. And Deborah Chow's just going through and sort of touring them and seeing where you can place these characters and stuff. And that's a lot of people bitch about how much the volume was used for the settings in this show. Um, but I feel like that is balanced out by the enormous amount of practical effects creating all of the alien races. The the bitching about the volume is stupid as shit because uh well yes. The 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 prequels, like if you've seen the sets in real life of the prequels, it's like massive green screen with a couple pieces yeah. of furniture. Yeah. I mean at least with the volume, the actors could see what was around them. Yeah. And in like, the come on. Yeah, and in the original trilogy, yeah, they built sets, but like those like there there were issues where some of the sets were too heavy that they couldn't use just regular like board in the back to stand them up. So they had to have actual people hold mm-hmm. up the walls. And so the walls would wiggle like there's a scene in a new hope or they fixed it. But in the original, original version, there's a scene where Vader is pissed and he's walking down a hall and you can actually see a wall vibrate because nice. the guy's not st- keep holding the wall up properly. You know, shit like that. It's like, come on people. It's star Wars. Right. Like, it just, I don't understand it. But the, the amount of practical effects for the alien races is fucking great. Like, all of those beings are existing in the space. I love that. N- nobody's got dots on their face. This is all makeup and puppetry. Yeah, this is real. Great. It's real life. Yeah. Anyway, so Obi-Wan pickpockets the guy. And he takes the key to get back into, like, a back hallway. And he is going down the hallway, but he's confronted by a Zabrak and a human. Who are like, where the fuck are, why aren't you working? What are you doing? Because he's dressed like a meth lab worker. <laughs> And everyone's like, um, oh, I'm I'm lost. And the guy was like, get back to work. And then Obi-Wan busts out some fucking martial arts and, and they start fighting. Yeah. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. No, they kick his ass is the thing. Like, yeah. we get to revive a counter from Clone Wars now. This is a ding. This is the first of multiple dings on the Obi-Wan Kenobi takes a beating counter. <laughs> <laughs> Because he does. And and it's not just the beating being delivered to him. It's the beating he's handing out that also hurts. Yeah. Like, he punches the guy and he's like, oh, my fucking hand. Like, you can see. And that's legit. Oh, yeah. Because, look, I I trained in Kung Fu for several years. Uh, if you take an extended break, you lose all of that conditioning in your hands to accept that punishment. Like, at the peak of my training, I could I could punch a wooden jong. That was not a problem. It didn't hurt. But now, if I punch somebody, that's going to hurt me, too. It reminds me of an interview of a famous wrestler, Arn Anderson, did, where mm-hmm. he said, you know, he was there, there's a there's a thing that happens now where older wrestlers only wrestle one or two times a year. Right. Because it hurts. And, yeah, because it hurts. And Arn Anderson's like, you know, that's not, it's not a good idea. Your body, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're in physical combat all the time, your body physically changes to prepare itself yep. to, to take more pain and if mm-hmm. you go off an extended break like your body will soften and mm-hmm. obi-wan hasn't done this shit for like 10 years 10 years and like the muscle memory is there and the reflexes are there but the conditioning is not he's right. hurting himself to hurt these guys right so i really appreciate that they included that and he wasn't just like suddenly jedi kung fu master like you've got to show that that those those 10 years have a consequence yeah, and they not, set us up for later in the episode as well. He's not a Mary Sue or whatever the fuck. Gary. He's not a Mary Sue or Gary Stew or any of those things. Um, anyway, he does. He is still a fucking Jedi. And it takes him a second, but he does kick their asses. And he grabs the human guy by the throat. 
And he gets all up close to his ear with his hair all tousled all over his face. And he growls in the guy's ear and he says, Where's the girl? And my pants fell <laughs> off. <laughs> off! In my notes, I have, I bet Steph liked this scene a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was really nice. That was really nice. <laughs> Thank you, Deborah Chow, for this gift that you have given me. Uh, yeah, so then um, Obi-Wan goes to the room, finds Leia, gets out of the planet, right? Everything's smooth sailing yeah, from here? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. End of the story. Dun, yeah. dun, dun, <laughs> no, no, that's not what no. happens. No. Uh, this is a trap. Just a quick reminder. Reva has it's said, a trap. It's a trap. Uh, Reva has set up this entire situation to get Obi-Wan to come out of the closet, so to speak. And, <laughs> and, or of hiding. Out of hiding. Yeah, so uh, Obi-Wan goes to the room he was told that Leia was in and walks in and there is a little thing covered by a blankie. Yeah. And, and he removes it. It's a broken droid. Dope. And then Flea shows up. <laughs> because that one was a decoy. And Flea, and Flea's like, what I got, I got to put, put it in you, you know? That- <laughs> Uh, he's like under a bridge downtown like look there's not a lot there's not a lot of red hot chili peppers lyrics that are going to translate well to this scene i'm sorry no 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 sorry but Uh, get him in while you can because he's not getting out of this episode alive no spoiler alert i know i'm trying to make all the trying to make all the flea jokes now (laughs) anyway so uh and he has his henchmen with them so they beat the shit out of obi-wan uh ding number two number two kenobi takes a beating yeah i think this is gonna poor obi-wan yeah, um, it's rough. And Flea's all, I didn't know that Jedi could bleed. Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's a weird line. Well, like- look, Jedi are fucking, were mythical creatures. Venerated in the galaxy as being practically gods among other beings. Yeah. Right? So, the idea that, uh, that a Jedi could bleed, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so he's all... Well, you fell for the trap. I can't believe you fell for it. I didn't think you were going to do that, but I guess the Inquisitor really figured you out, which tells Obi-Wan, oh, shit, this is not good. And he does say she will be here soon, so he knows which Inquisitor is on his trail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Then he's. uh, I do like this line where he says, You're not a Jedi anymore, Kenobi. You're just a man. You're bleeding all over my floor. Yeah, mm. that's a good one. Mm. Um, I will give Flea credit. That was really well delivered. Right. Uh, and Obi-Wan goes, well, everybody bleeds and gets his little container of spice, smashes it on the floor and puts on his breather. So he doesn't breathe it in. And everybody is really high really quickly. <laughs> I've had this. All of a sudden. Uh, that happens, you know. when you <laughs> People just like smash their meth on the floor. Well, it's like, you know, this is a common occurrence in California. When I go meet certain friends and I come into their living room, it's like, oh, shit, it, it's, this room is hot boxed. And now <laughs> I am high. I did not plan on getting high today. I here have to are. drive. That's not good. So I'm going to chill out and eat some Cheez-Its. Jesus, they're so good. I'm so hungry. Okay. Um, So Obi-Wan scampers out of the room. Everybody else is getting high. Good for them. Uh, We cut to, it says in my notes, all caps, Reva is here. Oh, no. That's 10 O's. Uh, Yeah. I was very concerned. (laughs) With the Sith, with the Sith strut. Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's got places to go and people to kill. She is, she's on a tear. She is motivated. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan goes directly to the correct cell door, opens it, pokes his head in, and gets sucker punched by a 10 year old girl, ding number three. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi takes a beating. Yeah, Leia beats the shit out of (laughs) Obi-Wan. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, because that's she was waiting right inside the door. The second the door opened, her plan was fucking sucker punch them and run, which is not a bad plan. No, I've got a fucking love Leia. Um, yeah. Uh, and and Obi-Wan's like, girl, I'm here to save you. Your father sent me. And I love Leia's response. It's not, oh, thank you so much. It's, uh, where's the army? Yeah. She's all stranger danger. She's like, I don't fucking trust you. What do you mean, my father? What? Where's the army? Like you're, and this is a running theme with Leia. Uh, your rescue is here, and it's pitiful. I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Love her. Anyway, Obi Wan uh, and Leia sneak out in ponchos of disguise. <laughs> yeah, they're they're sneaking out, r- wandering around, and Obi Wan's telling her to be quiet, and she mutters under her breath, "This would be so much easier with an army." <laughs> right. Um, meanwhile, like, and they are they got out of there in just the nick of time because Reva right then finds the room full of drugged out bounty hunters. Yeah. I and love how one pissed. I love how one guy is like looking at his hands on the floor like, whoa man. <laughs> can you imagine yeah. can, can you imagine if like Vader or Palpatine walked in on this like, what the fuck is happening? Everybody's dead. I'm surprised that she didn't just kill them, but I she's in a hurry. She's in a hurry. She's yeah. you know, uh this is called managing your priorities properly. There you go. She's focused. Yeah. she's She's got a goal, and she's proceeding towards the goal. Good for her. Speaking of her goal, Obi-Wan and Leia are out in the streets. They remove their disguise ponchos. Yeah. Uh, and Leia spots the lightsaber on Obi-Wan's hip, and she's like, wait, you're a Jedi? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and, and bless her, she says, I don't know, you just seem kind of old and beat up <laughs> to be a Jedi. <laughs> And Obi-Wan's like, God, okay, look, we're going to get to the port. We need to get to the port so we can get off of this planet. And Leia's like, okay, let's go! Turns and starts leading the way to the port and runs straight into what looks like Sweetums from The Muppet Show. <laughs> yes! There is, I, I dug, I dug trying to find uh, the what species that is. It's just a giant hairy Muppet. There's no identifying that species yet. I'm here for that. Uh, I love it. The, uh, I believe the Jim Henson Creature Shop was involved with this project. Mm-hmm. They, they do every Disney yeah. uh, project Absolutely. Now. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and Obi-Wan you know, grabs her and is like, look, I am risking a lot to be here right now. So how about from now on, you just do exactly what I say? And she's like, okay, because she just came face to face with Sweetums. So she's a little shook. Yeah. Well, I don't think Leia, uh, they mentioned in the last episode, Leia's never left Alderaan. Exactly. So, All of this is new. Yeah, and she's probably never seen these many different types of species before, so she's kind, it's kind of overwhelming at first. Well, you notice almost everyone, except for uh, the little girl that she like body swapped back on Alderaan, almost everybody's human. Yeah. Human or a droid. So she's never seen this many alien species before. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, she's taking it while she's rolling with it. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Reva is in pursuit, but she gets... Interrupted by whom, Christopher? The Grand Inquisitor. And boy, hey. is he happy to see her. <laughs> Not. He's so pissed. He's like, bitch, what the fuck? He's like, you kidnapped an Imperial Senator's child? Ooh, uh, and Reva goes, we've done worse. And I'm like, good God, like what? Right. Well, what? they did hang I- a guy <laughs> in the middle of a town, I, yeah. you know. I feel like he's not pissed that she did it. She, he's pissed that she did it without permission. Correct. That's the sticking point here. Yeah. Well, she's 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 supposed to be lower on the totem pole, mm-hmm. but she's acting like she's not, and it's really pissing the Grand Inquisitor off. Oh um, yeah. 
And then uh, I think it was Fifth Brother who uh, called Reva out and says uh, she thinks she will gain favor if she captures Kenobi. Right. Gain favor from who? Hmm? Right? Hmm? What What is the pecking order here? Isn't the Grand Inquisitor your boss? Don't the grand Inqui- don't the inquisitors all get along and respect each other and and they one big do- happy family and they don't yeah. try to betray each other all the time. That's what happens when you get a gathering of dark side force users together. It's just camaraderie. Yeah, um, friendship. Kumbaya. Friendship. Everybody's great. Yeah, yeah, they just get around and sing. You know, make s'mores and sing camp songs. <laughs> anyway, this is um, why there's a rule of two. <laughs> yeah, because this is too many. This is fucking too many. Uh, Real quick to call out, there's another Inquisitor there with them. Hi. Whom we had had not met before. I love her. Uh, so that is Fourth Sister. I just want to mention this actress real quick uh, because she's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Fourth Sister, her name is uh, Fourth Sister. Sorry. <laughs> I got lost in my notes. Fourth Sister is played by uh, Rhea Kilstedt, which is why I got confused because Rhea is spelled R-Y-A. So it looks like a Star Wars name. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's her uh, real name. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's her real name. Uh, fourth sister is a female Thradian. They are sentient humanoids native to Thrad. So maybe it's a Thradian. Uh, they are notable for their yellow skin, black eyes, and the slender appendages that grow from their skulls. So mm-hmm. there you go. Rhea Kilstedt is a that lady. She's in everything. Some high notes, some notable moments from her resume. She's in Home Alone 3. Uh Deep Impact. She has been in every single TV crime show, including seven episodes of Dexter. Wow. She was in Nashville, Drop Dead Diva, Masters of Sex, Heroes Reborn, which is the reboot from Heroes. Remember? Save Cheerleaders. No, I don't remember. That. You remember Heroes. I remember don't Heroes. Play. I don't know. I don't know Heroes Reborn. That show. It was bad. That show pissed um, me off. <laughs> uh, she's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Charmed, Yellowstone, and 12 episodes of Superman and Lois. Wow. Yeah, and so she's, she's done a, she's done a little bit of everything, is what you're saying. She's everywhere. Uh, she's a that lady, which is like a that guy, but for, for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and she uh, speaks maybe ten words in this entire season. Yeah, I mean, I wish so, she had. I wish she had more, more stuff. But you know, you know, uh, you, not every actor can have all the spotlight right. you know and Look, not not everybody's the star and that's fine yeah um but i we'll see we'll see what they do with her in the future and, and anyway this, and in this case you know there's more than one female character in a show thank god right <laughs> right there's three of them in this episode yeah so thank oh, you amazing yeah at least there's that um <laughs> so the grand inquisitor is pissed that uh reva on her own accord, uh, kidnap this child and stuff. And she's trying to gain favor by catching Kenobi. And he's like, whatever power that you crave, it doesn't change who you are. And Reva's like, oh, and what is that? And the Grand Inquisitor says, the least of us. You came to us from the gutter. Your ability gave you station, but all the power in the world can't mask the stench beneath. And Reva claps back. Maybe that stench is your failure. Ooh! Oof! They have a great. They love each other. They so love much. each other so much. Also, <laughs> hey, classism is alive and well in the in the Inquisitorius. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's great. We love That's her. That's great. And so now we have more question marks growing about Reva's background. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean she came from the gutter? Did somebody find her? What what happened? Like, I, I was under the impression that Inquisitors are former Jedi. So what's this gutter thing? Yeah. We have questions, but again, 
Deborah Chow doesn't present questions that she doesn't intend to answer. Absolutely. So we will learn as we go. Um, anyway, the Grand Inquisitor is totally hijacking the whole situation, tells her to stand down, and he'll be bringing Kenobi in. Thank you very much. And then he just walks away, fully expecting that she will actually just, like, stand down and go home. Except, yeah, about that. <laughs> like, have we met? Have you met her? What the fuck, dude? Which, Are you new? I think the implication is is that Reva is new. Mm. You know? Like, she, they, is, she hasn't but... been working very closely with them for a long time. But this is his hubris. This is his colossal um, ego. He he's, he told her to, so he expects her to. And he has no reason uh, to believe that she won't, except for having... Well, I'm, I'm two episodes into dealing with her, and I know she won't. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Uh, anyway, so what does Reva do? Uh, Reva calls up Flea, and she's all like, yo, man, I need you to put a bounty up on Obi-Wan Kenobi... Uh-huh. I want I want the bounty to be high so everybody gets it on Dayu and Flea's like, but th- they're not going to catch this Jedi, and she's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to try to catch him. I want to squeeze him, and I'm like, Ooh, I want to squeeze him too. Me too. <laughs> I want to squeeze him, squeeze him real tight. And then we see like a quick montage of all these different bounty hunters. I assume getting alerts yes. on their tablets, their watches. The Velociraptor guy saw it, and then we saw yeah, dinosaur guy. What? Okay, real quick, dinosaur guy, because I I had to because of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. I looked up as many species as I could. Uh, dinosaur guy is a trogodile. Okay. They are a sentient reptilian species native to rat attack. <laughs> and at least they gave him, like, he has a very T-Rex looking uh, uh, head to me. To me, I know right. I'm not a dinosaur person, so I know people will be like, no, Chris, it's more like a velociraptor from the Jurassic era. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I call him I, a velociraptor, but it doesn't matter. I don't care. Because he's a trogodile. Yeah. He has a trogodile face. But um, I kind of really wish he still had like the little tiny T-Rex arms. It would have been so cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, in comparison to his enormous head, his arms are quite short. Right, Like right. this guy can't pick his nose. <laughs> That's not a thing. Um, so I got to look at the poster, the wanted poster they made for Obi-Wan that is being distributed all over Dayu. Nice. Um, it is... It is a lovely photo of uh, of Obi Wan from Revenge of the Sith. Oh wow! Like, yeah, because that's his, that's what he looked like last. That's the most recent photo anybody has of Obi Wan Kenobi right. is from that era. And his poster says, "Wanted Obi Wan Kenobi offensive offenses high treason bounty for capture." Nice. That's all it says in the Orabesh down there, which also implies that the Jedi have headshots. Right. Right. Like, really. Who's making dossiers? What's happening here? Right. Where did where did we? Is that just on record? So the, I had, we had the head. Ca- we had a whole, I got into a whole conversation uh, with friend about this, and we've come to the conclusion that the Jedi Order had. You know how like in school, you have it's like, like class photos, class photos, and yearbooks. <laughs> they do the same thing. <laughs> nice. Very good. Very good. They have like glamour uh, shots, and you know they make like the Padawans memorize. All the photos of, of the masters and stuff, so they recognize them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, that's very much that's a fraternity thing to do. Anyway, uh, so the word is out, and Obi-Wan uh, leading Leia through this crowded Dayu marketplace is starting to see his own face everywhere. Yep. So he's like, he, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets very eloquent, oh, God damn it face, and I love it. Uh, so he's like, fuck, we need new disguises. So he rolls up to a street vendor. The guy running the stall. We have to talk about him. Oh wow! Because he has he you see his head? No. The guy the the guy who he's buying these things from. Uh, he's got like he's he's got like twenty eyeballs on his head. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That guy. yeah, yeah. 
And uh, he was assigned to this because Deborah Chow saw the character model of uh, like the puppet of this head with all of these eyeballs on it and was like, oh, he'd be really great for watching for shoplifters in the marketplace. <laughs> Turns out that's uh, that's very true because that is a Busodian. A Busodian. For real. Uh, they are a sentient species with gray skin and 20 eyes on their heads. These eyes are capable of seeing in nearly the full electromagnetic spectrum. Wow. Including x-rays and radio waves. So, yes, he would be very good at spotting shoplifters. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. Uh, anyway, they roll up on this vendor's booth and... Uh, Obi-Wan, like, grabs a random jacket off of the rack and Leia's like, but what about this sparkly one? I want, I want to try this one on instead. She is in full princess mode. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. uh, he's like, no, get this one instead. And don't don't pick up the gloves. We're not buying the gloves. And she gets the gloves anyway. And Obi-Wan just <laughs> sighs and goes, well, get the gloves. <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan's picking his battles, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and you know what I love about this? particular costume change is that uh, for one thing he didn't change his disguise his his robe of disguise is still functioning but leia's little green cape that she gets put on looks just like her poncho from uh return of the jedi Jedi yes i agree (laughs) anyway uh he pulls leia aside and is like look if anybody asks we are farmers from tall and you're my daughter (laughs) <laughs> She's like, your granddaughter, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and Obi-Wan's like, what? She goes, nothing. <laughs> uh, ding on Leia reads a man for filth. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, dude. You are old enough to be her grandfather. So That's at this true. point, Leia is embracing the fact that she's in a completely different planet. And she's just touching everything and looking at everything. Right. And she's she's on a fucking adventure. She is not reading the we are in danger vibe at all. Not at all. And yeah. Obi-Wan's like, can you please stop just touching shit and focus for a second? Exactly. Um, we get a quick montage of shady bitches all over the planet um, mobilizing to hunt Obi-Wan. Yep. Uh, apparently included in the notification of his bounty is that he is accompanying a little girl. Uh-oh. So people are also looking for the girl. Uh-oh. The Artful Dodger kid from earlier sees this poster. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know about that. Anyway, um, back to Leia and Obi-Wan. Leia's like, um, are you even really a Jedi? Because I heard they all died. Wow. And Obi-Wan's ignoring her. And she's like, Jedi can make things float. Make me float. What? I want to float. No. Because you can't. <laughs> God. God damn it, child. Just, can you crank it, turn it down just a little bit? Like, everything I love about Leia... Is is on full display here without any of the um, situational awareness, the uh, the the intelligence about uh, being in danger or any of that. There's no savvy to it yet, and that is because fanboys who hated this about her, she is a ten year old child. Right. This is her first adventure. If she was going all like dun 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 a mission impossible through this marketplace, you guys would be crying about that. Yeah. Exactly. Like, no, she has no experience. She is a princess on her first adventure ever with a guy who hasn't even told her his name yet. Yep. He does say, my name is Ben. There you mm-hmm. are. And he's like, you need to trust me eventually. And she says, how can I trust you when I know you're hiding something? Mm. And here's where I'd like to introduce a new counter, oh. which is going to have it's going to have extensive application as we move forward through the Star Wars story. This is the Princess Leia Force Insight Moment counter. 
I love it. And this is our first ding on it. We had one last time where she read her cousin for filth. Um, but this is our first ding on it for this episode because she looks at him and says, you think the less you say, the less you give away. But really, it's the opposite. And Obi-Wan's like, how old are you? Ten. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she's ten. You know she's ten. You were there when she was born. But the commentary is not on exactly how old she is. He's commenting on the fact that she talks like she's 40. Yeah. Like, well, come on, kid. Just a reminder, she is the child of Padme Amidala. Okay, okay, but so's Luke. And meanwhile, he's back on Tatooine playing pod racers, okay? That's, that's Anakin's child. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Fucking Skywalkers. God damn. Fucking Skywalkers. This is what happens when you have twins. If there had just been one kid, they would have been a perfect package, but we had to split shit up. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Artful Dodger kid rolls up on Haja and is like, look at this. Look at this. We had him. We had Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like, he was right there. And Haja's like, ah, oh, that's embarrassing. Okay, well, let's go get him first. <laughs> so they're going to go hunt him down, too. Great. Fucking great. Then Obi-Wan takes Leia to an alley. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I believe after the uh, scene with Haja, which implies that Haja's going to hunt Obi-Wan yes. uh, as well. You don't know he's a good guy yet. So then we got, <laughs> so the Grand, Grand Inquisitor is in the middle of the street and he's giving orders and Fifth Brother comes up to him um, and he's saying, he's trying to tell Warren, the Fifth Brother, that Obi-Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi is a serious threat. You need, right. to, you know, you need to be prepared for this. And the, I think, uh, Fourth Sister shows up and is like, hey, um, do you take a look at my my facebook right now she shows it shows him her, pho- her <laughs> phone and it's the obi-wan poster and right <laughs> grant grand inquisitor had like the best reaction i've oh, ever right. seen i had to pause the show and laugh because he was like reva <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um and cut to reva who is perched on the rooftops, overseeing the city like she's fucking Batman. I, I my God, I have it in my fucking notes. I'm like, hello, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Leia and Obi are, Obi-Wan are in an alleyway. He has just punched out a bounty hunter who rounded the corner mm-hmm. and ran into them. And Leia was like, what the fuck? Who, do you, who is that? And he's like, it's a bounty hunter. Drags his unconscious body off to the side. Um, they're taking a moment to like breathe in this alley. Uh, Leia sits down and pulls out Lola. Aww. And Obi-Wan's like, no noise out of that. He's being a dick. Yeah. And and, and she's like, he's, she's not going to make any noise because she's she's hurt. And Obi-Wan goes, good. Aww. Right. And then you can see him because she's just, she doesn't say anything about that. She doesn't retort. She doesn't have a clap back because that hurt her feelings. Aww. How dare you, Obi-Wan. Exactly. Like, now you're just going to be mean to a little girl. I get that it's a high-stress situation, but check yourself. And he does. He realizes he's being a dick. So he he comes over and, like, crouches down next to her. And he's like, so what happened to her? And Leia says, She was ripped to pieces by kidnappers. She'll be all right, though. She's strong. And I'm like, are we still talking about the droid, honey? No. We are not. We're talking about ourselves here. So Obi-Wan tries to reassure her and he's like, don't worry, I'll have you back home by nightfall. And mm-hmm. Leia doesn't seem that particularly happy about it. Yeah, well, she doesn't. Well, because he's like, I called your parents and everything. He's saying, I'm going to take you back to your gilded cage on Alderaan. Yeah. 
She's not she's not happy about it. Yeah. And and he senses that. He's like, oh, okay. So now who's hiding something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so uh, Obi-Wan walks away and he's uh, fucking with the dude's Apple Watch who has... Because well, it starts beeping. It starts beeping and there's the picture of Obi-Wan's Wanted uh, poster mm-hmm. uh, uh, right there. Yep. And Leia look, looks at it and is like, uh, what's that? Mm-hmm. And she realizes that uh, or there's something telling her that he is the reason that she is here. That is another ding on the Leia, Leia Force Insight moment. And she almost figures the entire plot out right, right there. Because she's like, the bounty hunters took me to get to you. She goes into a full-on fucking panic. She's like, did my father even send you? I don't trust you. I don't believe you. She takes off. Wow. And now Obi-Wan is trying to chase a frightened 10-year-old through a crowded marketplace. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a whole montage where you see Leia running. There's even more crazy aliens. Like there's this big tall right. one that she has to run between the legs of and all this shit. Which was also a practical effect. That's a dude in a stilts costume. Yeah. I love I it. I love it. I love it. Um, at, at some point, a dude straight up grabs Leia. This part shocked me. Obi-Wan yeah, busts that's... out his blaster and fucking kills him. Oh, yeah. Well, because, like I said, the the... The bounty notice on Obi-Wan mentions that he's with a little girl. And the, the bounty hunter recognized the little girl and grabbed her. Yeah. And so he was like, I'm just going to grab her. And then, you know, Obi-Wan will show up. And he does. He shows up and kills you. Yeah. Obi-Wan just straight murdered a guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's a uh, real quick shot of Fifth Brother leading a charge with the stormtroopers. And uh, mm-hmm. I am now naked. Uh, yep, with that, that shot. just that, that. Yep, that was my hot. pants fell off earlier. That was the rest of it. It's just gone. <laughs> it's just gone. And Leia has gotten away from Obi Wan and everyone else, and is climbing a ladder. She's running up to a rooftop. Okay. We're not making good decisions. We are frightened. Yeah. That's that's what this is. And so she is running across rooftops. Obi Wan is chasing her. He is panicking. Uh, his voice is just, he's just yelling her name over and over, trying to get her to stop, which is not how you get a kid to stop running from you, FYI. But like, what does Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> well, how, know about raising a child? How do you? Because I don't know. Not by screaming their name and chasing <laughs> after them. The only thing you can do is catch up with them. Yeah. Okay. And and then like scoop them up and try and, because like she's running into danger. Like if she was running into traffic, all you can do is be faster than them and catch them. Like wow. that's, But he can't because he's old and she's ahead of him. And she's like, all the buildings are really close together. So she's like leaping over all the little mini alleyways in between the buildings and running across the rooftops. The fucking dinosaur dude, the trogodile shows up <laughs> on another rooftop, starts shooting at him. Now it's a whole shootout situation. And who sees the shootout? Reva. Reva's like, Reva. oh, look, there, there's gunfighting happening over there. I bet that's where I need to go. It's time for some Sith parkour across the rooftop. That's what I, oh my God. <laughs> force, I have my notes, force plus parkour equals awesome. Yeah. I it's love, really cool. I love how she fucking moves. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy as shit. I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so pretty because she's so pretty, but it's also really um, almost feral. Yeah. Like, there's, there's some, like, you can see that there's like some training in there. There's there's some grace to her movements, but she's also just uh, every now and then all fours leaping across stuff. Like it's very Sith. I love it. I love it. It's and the drama. Once again, we have the oh Sith drama. And it's the thing is, if you look at the timing of this, like she's it's not faster 
Like the parkour is not moving her quickly across these rooftops. It's definitely like, I'm going to take a side thing to like run across this roof and like bounce off of this wall and stuff. It's not, there were more direct routes than the parkour, but Sith gonna Sith, you know? Well, what is she going to do? Call an Uber? <laughs> she could just run straight towards them. She could just hop and jump. Yeah, I know. It really is just an old man and a little girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. do you get that far behind when you see exactly where they are? Bless her. Uh, anyway, there's more running. There's more blaster shots. There's more bounty hunters up on the roof. Haja shows up up there. There's all kinds of just shit. Leia is fleeing and she's running and she gets to a roof that's a little too far from the next one. Oh, God. And she stops. And she's like, shit, shit. And, of course, Ben is like, no, don't. And he's calling for her and stuff. But she backs up and takes a run for it She because she's scared of everybody now. Yeah. And she's like, maybe I can make it. Maybe I can't. She leaps across the alley and does not make it. No, she falls down and luckily grabs onto a wire and is barely able to hold on. And the absolute terror in Obi-Wan's face. Oh, my God. Um, Right? Yeah, Obi-Wan is like begging begging her to hold on. Mm-hmm. And she can't like she when you have like when you're hanging from something, you have like one hand and like the fin- the fingers are only latched on. It's it's don't care how strong you are. That's next to impossible. And she's just a little girl. Yeah, she's okay, little This girl. is not a professional rock climber. She no. doesn't have this kind of hand strength. So, of course, she loses her grip and she's plummeting and it's like five stories down. Yeah. So and there's Obi-Wan with a hand extended from the rooftop. He has no choice. Yeah. Because he already told her earlier he can't use the force. It'll call too much attention to us. But she's going to fucking die. So you see him and it looks like it hurts him to do it. Yeah. To reach out with the force. Because it's a muscle he hasn't used in a very long time. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Again, just like the fight earlier where he punched a guy and it hurt his own hand. The muscle memory is there. The reflexes are still there. But the effort hurts. And that's what's happening here. It's the exact same phenomenon, but with the force. And he does catch her. Barely. Wow. Like right before she was going to hit the ground. And there were witnesses, unfortunately. That's the thing, is people definitely saw that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, he very quickly gets down to the ground floor uh, and goes up to her in the alley. And she sits up and goes, you really are a Jedi. Yeah. Thank you for confirming for everybody who was wondering what they just saw. What exactly they just saw. Leia, that's awesome. <laughs> fuck anyway so they they run back to the transport uh port and uh you hear over the intercom all travel is now canceled uh yeah i would because... fucking hate that <laughs> again airport realness yeah uh no the inquisitors have locked down the entire port uh yeah, yeah so obi-wan tell tells leia that about uh well Leia's like who's that at the sexy fifth brother guy walking by mm-hmm. and obi-wan's all that's an inquisitor they're bad they they're really be- sexy i mean what what huh mm-hmm. what um yeah and they uh, many of them used to be former jedi now they're hunting their mm-hmm. own kind and then haja shows up right what? but there's a bounty hunter that pops up right behind them it's still a robot dude that was oh yeah yeah weird robot dude mm-hmm. and suddenly he gets shot falls down and it's haja who's right there. Obi-Wan steps in between Haja and Leia and says, the bounty's on me, let the girl go. But no, Haja's there to help. What? He's a good guy. Turns out he really is a good guy. He's like, "There's you can't get out that way. You can go over there. And he points to a cargo port. And he's like, that is fully automated. Here's like a key and everything you need to to get on one of those and take a ride to Mapuzo. They'll be waiting. They who? Who 
who's waiting? That's what Obi-Wan wants to know. Yeah. No time to explain. Aja says, You're not alone, Obi-Wan. I know. And it's just, ugh, it's so sweet. And Obi-Wan doesn't know how to process that at all. No. Like, yes, people will just help you because it's the right thing to do. That is still a thing that happens. And then Haja's like, here's everything you need. I'm going to go buy you as much time as I can. And he takes off. Fully, apparently, intending to step in between the Inquisitorious and Obi-Wan Kenobi. That guy's crazy. I love him. Mm -hmm. Me too. So much. Anyway, cut to the Grand Inquisitor interrogating Flea with a spinning lightsaber. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a uh, that's not intimidating at all. That was that was hot. I know, <laughs> right? The shot of the Grand Inquisitor like staring down through the vroom 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 of his lightsaber. That was um. Uh, so yeah. I had to headcan it. Uh, my my friend and I we were talking about that particular scene, and it's like even if Flea knew where she was, I don't think there was even enough time for him to say anything because they just no. kept pushing him towards the fucking lightsaber. <laughs> So Flea is like inexorably moving towards it. Is the Grand Inquisitor holding the spinning lightsaber and force pulling him slowly into I, it? I think so. That's extra hot. That's now. hot. That's, That's so hot. Thank you, sir. Anyway, oh he's dead now. You hear his yeah, screams. Yep. <laughs> Bye, Flea. We hardly knew ye. Uh, meanwhile, Riva is still parkouring across the rooftops. Yep. Uh, yeah, see what I mean? This is not the fastest method. Yeah, she does a cool angry swan dive down into the alleyway yep. and she sees Haja. Yeah, Haja de deliberately steps right in front of her. Wow. And he's like, you found me. I am a Jedi and blah, blah, blah. And he starts melodrama-ing and she's like, you're fucking ridiculous and is about to step around him. He steps right in front of her. Nope. Like. Not gonna happen. The, the fucking titanium balls on this guy. I know. That's I so brave, so stupid because she could just kill him. Yeah. Like there's no reason for her to not just fucking kill him. And he's like, I'm the Jedi and stuff. And she realizes, you're not a Jedi, but you know where he is. Mm. And she force slams him up against the wall. And Haja hits the wall and goes, ah, that wasn't magnets, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. That was the real force. You want to see some more real force? Because he's like, I'm not going to tell you where anybody is. And she's like, you don't have to. And she force mind probes him. And she figures out where they are. Yeah. And then she takes off. He is lucky to be alive. I was I was shocked that he, she didn't kill him. But it's just a matter of right. time. She didn't have time. She can't, right. she can't waste a single second. And also, I, I, I'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, uh, why, why Reva has not been on a killing spree, but we'll get to it. So, at the cargo port, Obi-Wan and Leia are moving in. They are super cautious because everything is fucking crazy. Um... Well, Obi-Wan's super cautious. Leia's like, why are you like this? And he's like, well, it could just be a setup. And she goes, oh my God, look. Since I met you, I've been chased, shot at, I almost fell to my death, and now there are inquisiting people after us. If somebody is offering us help, I think we should take it. And Obi-Wan has this heartbreaking look on his face. Yeah. He's like, oh, my sweet summer child. Because he doesn't trust anything. Yeah. He has no reason to believe anybody has anything but the worst intentions towards him. Because, again, that's what depression and PTSD do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he also has, like, um, Ian McGregor is such a good actor in the scene. Because, mm -hmm. like, he starts to tear up a little. Like, he has that that reaction. And you can see that there's something else that he's thinking about as well. And he, and he looks very sad one. 
Well, because she's so bossy. She's like, now come on, and starts to to lead him further in. And he's, he gets that look on his face, and she goes, what? <sighs> and he says, Nothing. You just remind me of someone. She was fearless, too, and stubborn. And, like, <sighs> there's a couple of people he could be talking about. He is almost certainly talking about Padme. Yeah, he is. He could also be talking about Satine. Oh, because because she's like, was she a Jedi? And he says, no, but she was a leader and she died a long time ago. Yeah. Right in front of me. Both women, yeah, by the way. But exactly. Exa- oh, my God. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Can we add a few more tragedies to your resume, sir? Now, the most magnificent, strong ass women in the galaxy died in your arms. Not once, but twice. Oh, God damn it. Holy shit. Anyway, they're on their way towards this cargo port, and then, oh shit, it's Reva. Oh, and she's all Obi-Wan. I know. The goosebumps. That, the first time I saw this episode, the goosebumps that oh, came over me, I was like, okay, right? she's fucking crazy. And no, scary. but she's she's just she's inhabiting that the force makes you drama. Yeah. The Midichlorians are drama generators. That's all it is. And the force is just strong with her, okay? So she's got to do that. You can't just walk in and go, Obi-Wan. You have to go, Obi-Wan. Yeah, she's creepy. She ignites her red lightsaber and declares that she can sense him. Yes. Your fear betrays you, she says. Which is very, very reminiscent of Return of the Jedi. Was it Return of the Jedi? Yes. Uh, yeah. Where Vader, where Luke is hiding and Vader is like walking around in the dark trying to to taunt him out. Sister. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Obi-Wan gives Leia the, the keys basically to the cargo ship and is like, go, go. I will be right behind you, I promise. He does not intend to be right behind her. No. He wants her to leave. Like, yes. If he can make it, he'll make it. But he is trusting that this girl can get herself off the planet, yeah. which she can. Anyway, she's hiding. He's got his lightsaber out. He's like, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do a thing. We're not igniting that saber though. We only get one Jedi thing an episode. Yeah. Ab- so absolutely. He, he used the force. We're done. <laughs> anyway, she's taunting him. I can feel you. Your fear betrays you. That whole thing is happening. And I'm going to take you to him. Lord Vader will be pleased. Yeah. And then there's a pause. And then Reva has a Princess Leia force insight moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because she goes, you didn't know. He's alive, Obi-Wan. Anakin Skywalker is alive. And the shock of all shocks, Obi-Wan is in a complete state of, of panic. Look, there's one thing. Ewan McGregor, sir, the look on your face. It is one thing to move the muscles in your face, to to create an expression that conveys what you as an actor think your your character would be feeling. It is quite another for the pupils in your eyes to expand and contract with your spike of terror. Mm-hmm. He pulled that off. I, incredible. Just incredible. Because Deborah... Deborah Chow's doing this thing where she gets super tight close-ups because she's trusting her actors to be able to fill the screen with the performance. And holy shit, he can. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, no, you feel the impact of that revelation. That, All the way down to his that bones. It, you, you just you hit something I forgot to mention. Uh, with huh. the, this entire episode, especially the marketplace scene, the camera movements in sync with mm. what's going on with the characters 
is fucking top notch. It's so good. It's so it's good. It's so good. I, yeah. I, give Deborah Chow her own goddamn trilogy, please. <laughs> right? Can please? she just do everything? That would be great. Yeah. I, I would appreciate that. Anyway, she literally almost has him. Like, she's starting to force shove crates out of the way. He's right there. Right. He's right on the other, and she knows it. She can sense him. She knows he's right there. She's closing in on her prey, and then, oops, surprise, Grand Inquisitor. Ugh. This fucking guy. He's awful. Um, yeah, so he, he shades her, and he's just like, move, watch and learn, Riva. And he's gonna do some cool, he's about to do some really cool force shit. Right. And then we got the double cross. The double cross. <laughs> Reva stabs the shit out of him. Yes. And I was like, She what? absolutely does. And it's shocking. Yeah. And the re- even though her lightsaber is lit, like he's like, stand aside, I'm fucking stealing your prize. I'm going to be taking Kenobi and I'm going to get all the reward for it. Like that's the whole subtext of their interaction. And... And so she does stand aside so that he can get close enough so she can fucking stab him. And that is why she hasn't killed anybody yet this episode. Mm. So that when she finally does, it's a surprise. Wow. Because she hasn't used, if she had been just, like, if she killed fucking Flea and then she killed Haja and everything, we would expect her to kill him the second he walked in. Right. But because she didn't, because the storytelling had, had some restraint and held back, uh, this moment was super impactful and a fucking shock. I did not expect her to do that. And I should have. And so should he, frankly. And, you know, here we go with people bitching. Oh, my God. She killed the Grand Inquisitor. Oh, my God. She's she can't, betraying He him. can't be dead because he's in Rebels. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah. Give it a minute. Right. We're two episodes in. <laughs> and also, if you do read the comics, Inquisitors do this shit to each other all the fucking time. They're acolytes of the fucking Sith. God damn it. Right. Are you not paying attention? And, and you know what? Vader and Palpatine encourage it. Absolutely. Because that's just natural selection. Yeah. Vader and fucking Palpatine try to kill each other all the time. All the time. I mean. All the time. Yeah. Rule of two. Hello. Yeah. That's just the way it fucking is. Anyway, because though the, the Grand Inquisitor interrupted and she took time out of her day to kill him, Obi-Wan has time to take off and he gets into the cargo thing and they take off. As Riva is running down the ramp to catch up with them, screaming at the top of her lungs, you can't win. We will find you. We will destroy you. Because of course. Sith drama. Yeah. Sith gonna Sith. As the transport takes off and starts yeah. to fly away. Uh, and bum, 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 bum. Uh, the last scene of Obi-Wan in this, uh, in this episode uh, is him in a complete state of shock. Right. Leia's like, what is it? What's wrong? He's not responding to her. He's having a full-blown PTSD episode. Uh-huh. And the only thing he says... Anakin. And that's it. That's it. That's it. No more scary shit. No. Nothing, no. nothing to... No. Nothing to cause any Jump fear. scare. Two. Vader floating in the tank as his eyes snap open at the sound of his name resonating through the force spoken by his master once again. Uh, yeah. Vader in the tank. So the last fucking scary... The last moment of this episode is the sound of Darth Vader breathing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't! Oh, it's so good! So good! I love it. Oh, I love this. Anyway, I love this fucking show. It's so good. It's my favorite right, Star Wars. I'm through my notes. See if I missed anything. Oh, one thing I wanted to make note of. 
Uh, there's a lot of Orbesh all over Dayu. Oh, yeah. Um, almost every sign on Dayu says milk. <laughs> I don't know why. It has some variation on the word milk. Blue milk, green milk. No, it's not even colors. It's like, so milk. Buy milk. Like, just, just... Like, they decided that those letters together looked cool, and so they just, like, threw other letters around them. And those are all the signs in Dayu. Milk, 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 milk. Alrighty, then. Everywhere. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else for Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 2? No. Uh, I Whew. fucking love this show. That's all I gotta say. It's so good. So fucking Duh. good. Um, and... I can't believe we're going to hit our 100th episode next week. What? I know. So next time for episode 100 of Dark Side Divas, holy shit, we will be talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi part three, where everything is fine. Everything's and, just great. And Leia gets back gets to Alderaan. Nothing, ha- nothing scary happens. Yeah, he gets yeah. like a shower. Um, he gets like a blowout. His hair looks amazing. Um, and then, you know, some therapy and then they send him back to Tatooine. Yeah. And, and he smiling. goes and he resolves his differences with Uncle Owen and they, yeah, they co-parent he shows up with, with like Skywalker. a, yeah. like a fruit basket or something like an edible arrangement. Um, <laughs> well, a Tatooine kind of one though. Expenses. So it's all like different sand. No, no, no. Like, you got to bring stuff. it from Alderaan. You got to, you got to oh. bring the fresh fruits. Cause you know, they don't have that shit on Tatooine. No, they don't. Um, yeah, no, that's how that, that's what's happening next episode. Yeah. Anyway. So y'all. Um, brace yourselves brace yourselves because <laughs> this uh this show is my favorite star Wars. this episode that we're doing is my favorite episode of the it's entire so series it's so fucking scary and awful <sighs> and evil and i love it and it's gonna be great oh, i can't i can't believe right. we've done a hundred fucking we're gonna do a hundred fucking episodes i i can't believe it look you and i we'll talk about this next time you and i are not known for our stick to no. okay no 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 <laughs> Okay, are we ready? Are we done here? We're done. Are we ready to outro? I am ready. Okay. Uh, Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, For all of this, for 99 episodes, you trooper. Uh, If you enjoyed the music that we had at the top of the episode, uh, that was a gift from our lovely listener, Chorlesy. You can find him on the TikTok as at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y. If you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We're on all the social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, most especially, and Twitter, where everything is pleasant and certainly not a verbal bare-knuckle brawl every single day. Um... (laughs) You can find us as at Darkside Divas. Uh, also, if you haven't done so already, I can't imagine you haven't because we're on episode 99, for Christ's sake. Uh, but if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. You can find our podcast on any podcast platform of that you happen to use, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, also, also leave us a review. We really like that. We'll read them on the air. If you haven't noticed, we've been doing that for 99 it's episodes, true. too. Sometimes we even do it in the right order. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, we also got a swag store of all the crazy Ooh. bullshit that uh, we do uh, in honor of Stephanie's uh, allergies. Would you like to wear an arboreal bukkake t-shirt? <laughs> I know or you a mask would. to or keep mask. the allergens out of your face holes? <laughs> if you go to redbubble.com forward slash official divas, you can buy that and uh, a lot of other stuff that we have done. We've learned that mm-hmm. spite is our favorite way to generate revenue there. So you may find some <laughs> other great t-shirts and whatnot there. Um, yep. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel under the Dark Side Divas brand. We are going to be doing more Divas Unleashed in the future once I get out of this fucking holiday 
bullshit. We're going to make some announcements there. I need to talk to Stephanie cool. about that still. Um, you do. <laughs> and then uh, last but certainly not least, we do have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast. For five bucks a month, you can get video versions of our show. Stephanie reading Smut. We've done special do virtual that. events like uh, watching the Star Wars Holiday Special and torturing our patrons. Um, hey. And with that also comes access to our Discord community, which is actually my favorite Discord community, the most active Discord community. They write so much shit now, I can't keep up with it, and I right. love that. And I also really love busy. that they call my ass out and make fun of me. So that's great. That's my favorite part, too. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, then we're going to go. Okay. I love you. Bye. Bye.